the pretty jump shot syndrome. Basketball is an amazingly beautiful and creative sport with the ever so growing talent in the NBA, you're starting to see games evolve and grow into something that we've never really seen before. Starting to make the lines between art and competition seem harder and harder to find game by game. Guys like Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, their games are aesthetically pleasing. Scoring the ball in a vast amount of ways is a quick way to get your name in the conversation of, I want him with the ball, with the shot to end the game. And you hear this mantra given to players often. You want a guy that has a mentality to go out there and just take it. And anybody who watches basketball can tell you that the mental part of basketball and really any other sport is just as big as the physical component. We've seen guys who have the ability but seem to fall short, whether that be lack of want to, love for the sport, or anxiety slash pressure that was given to them. And again, I don't think that should be an indictment on their character who they are, but when we're ranking certain players like this, this has to come into play. You can understand why someone would be hesitant to give a player a certain mantra like the best player in the NBA when they're not even able to show up in the most important parts of the game. If you have 40 points and then airball your last 10 shots in the last five minutes of the game, was it really that good of a game? That, that's more of a... And that's always kind of been a battle of philosophy in basketball, is how important are those first 46 minutes. Um, but I think any basketball fan could tell you that the last two minutes of the game, or the last 30 seconds, or however clutchness you want to get, um, it, they matter. Um, they definitely matter more. Um, now, should they be everything? No, but they do matter. Now that we have established that I am a full believer in this concept and think that this should definitely sway some opinions when it comes to ranking players. That brings me to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis's game is anything but pretty. It's not technically sound. He doesn't have a pretty step back, spin, sides, sideways, beautiful mid-range jumper combo. And at times throughout his career, his offensive bag has looked limited to say the least. And this simple concept of shot-making in the fourth quarter has led people to believe that Kevin Durant, not Giannis Antetokounmpo, is the best player in the NBA right now, and it's not close. Look, I'm the biggest fan of LeBron in the world, but the years of LeBron being able to go to nine straight finals and take Jordan Clarkson and Mo Williams and Larry Nance and J.R. Smith and Zodrunas Ilgauskas really hope I said that right. Being able to take those kind of guys to the NBA Finals like it's nothing, um, that's not who LeBron James is anymore. Now again, being able to score 30 points a game at 37 is just as impressive in its own right and should be celebrated in its own right. But LeBron James is not in that conversation. So we're looking. We're looking to see a new one. Um, and, it, and it does bounce around, it feels like, day to day at this point. From Kawhi Leonard to Joel Embiid to Nikola Jokic to Kevin Durant to Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I really think only two guys are in this conversation right now. It's Giannis and it's Kevin Durant. As much as I would love to give it to the KU man, Joel Embiid, who's having an incredible year. And as much as I want to throw Nikola Jokic into that conversation, if I'm going to kick LeBron James off the pedestal um, of best player in the world, then I have to also use that same critique against Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Again, these playoffs are coming up, and this could mean a lot for the NBA, and this could mean a lot for this exact video. Um, but as of right now, I haven't seen Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic make any sort of actual finals run. Not even really close. Winning undoubtedly has a major and maybe unfair influence on where we rank these players. 
I think the 2020 NBA Finals is a perfect example of this exact phenomenon. Anthony Davis was a player that could never really get his name even into a top five player conversation. Everybody knew he was talented, but nobody thought that he actually had the it factor. The want to, the drive, everything that I was talking about previously. Because of the lack of really any amount of playoff success. And you saw that the moment he won a finals and averaged 28 and 11 or whatever it was in the finals, he was impressive in a long playoff run. And ESPN was ranking Anthony Davis at number two in the NBA Top 100. That being a player who hasn't gotten close to that number two ranking because of his injury history and some of the lack of Lakers success. When we're ranking players, we want to see consistency. We want to see a player not only dominate for a month or a week or a year, we want to see him dominate for multiple seasons and show that, hey, this wasn't a fluke. Jimmy Butler was a guy who had trouble cracking into the top 10 throughout his entire NBA career, always around the 15, 20, 25 range. That one finals run had him ranked above people like Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, who are all three players that I would argue right now are better than. Me personally, I think that anybody could tell you that we all think that Chris Paul has more value today, and partly due because of the winning that he's done. Again, fair or not, we value winning. I say all this to establish the precedent that we have set as NBA fans, the precedent set by past players and past situations. To be the best player, you have to want it. You have to have the clutch gene. You need to not only dominate the first 46 minutes like no other, but also the last two, better than your best. It being April Fools, I am not joking here. Giannis is the best player in the world, and it's not close. Nothing that I have been shown over the past three years of basketball has told me that anybody is better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis is coming off an NBA Finals. The game log of him, his six games in the NBA Finals goes like this. 20 and 17, first of all, off of a hyperextended knee in game four or five of the Eastern Conference Finals. And still put up 20 and 17 in game one, which was a loss. Playoffs last year. Giannis was ridiculed all playoffs last year for his free throw shooting and his limited bag. Again, something that is attached to the pretty jump shot syndrome. If your game doesn't look pretty in basketball, then we very much devalue you as a player. And if your game looks pretty in basketball, we overvalue you as a player. Now again, I'm not saying Kevin Durant is overrated or Jason Tatum is overrated by any means, but I think it can lead us to some silly conclusions sometimes. After that finals run, you would think that that would put him at the top of any conversation without a doubt in anybody's mind that Giannis was the best player. He was having the best performances on the biggest stage. In the clutchest moments, at the clutchest times, with the clutchest blocks. Putting up some of the craziest numbers we've seen since Shaquille O'Neal, and this season has done nothing but average 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists on 55% shooting with a PER of 32.5. Only two other guys are even in that conversation PER-wise with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. All of this brings me to a random night in late March where the Milwaukee Bucks came to Brooklyn and faced off against the Brooklyn Nets. And I personally think that this entire game was a perfect encapsulation of where we are in the NBA currently. And again, I will quickly go back to this clutch gene thing um, with Giannis, which is my favorite point, honestly. It's my favorite point that people have. 
In one shot, Giannis not only becomes the Bucks' all-time leading scorer. I'm going to mute this so it's not coming through the mic. Let's look at this. Was this jump shot that pretty? Step back, hit it. The jump shot's not like that pretty. It's not that beautiful. It's not Jason Tatum. It's not Kyrie Irving. It's not Kevin Durant. And he doesn't hit it at that level. But he does do everything else on the basketball court at a A-plus level. What does Giannis not do? Does he not rebound the ball as elitely as anybody in the NBA? No, he does. Does he not drive the ball as elitely as anybody in the NBA? No, he does. Does he not set good screens? Does he not rotate on defense? Because he's one of the best defenders in the league, being a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. So Giannis has won two MVPs. He's won a Finals MVP, carrying inferior talent if you're going to compare it to Kevin Durant. Giannis on this night not only outdueled Kevin Durant with points at a higher efficiency with 44 on 14 for 21, but was 15 for 19 from the free throw line. People were counting down from 10 when this man was at the free throw line because one person noticed that his free throw routine's a little slow. And now we're at the point where he's hitting a pretty high efficiency, a lot of free throws, by the way, so he's not scared to go to the line. And he's not scared to take a step back three to tie the game at the end of regulation. And then I get to this. Okay, now we're here. I get to my favorite. This 20 seconds of basketball has been my favorite 20 seconds of basketball in the past five years. Because the entire argument of Kevin Durant over Giannis Antetokounmpo is that he can hit the shot. Giannis can't. His offensive bag is limited. He's not going to be able to create a shot. And Kevin Durant can get a shot anywhere he wants on the court. And you see this all the time with players like Kyrie Irving, with Damian Lillard, with Kevin Durant. Over, and I, as a LeBron fan, I have seen this over and over again. Kevin Durant, with five seconds left on the clock, takes a just absolutely wildly contested mid-range shot. And look, good good closeout by Giannis. And really, really terrible play call by Steve Nash. Honestly, everybody's cluttered. This is terrible. Uh, not really blaming Kevin too much on this one. But my problem with it is if Giannis were to take and miss this exact same shot because of the way his offense looks to people, people would not look at it the same. They would say, this is exactly why Giannis is this and Giannis is that. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say Kevin Durant isn't one of the best offensive players of all time. And I'm not going to sit here and say that Kevin Durant isn't a better option in the fourth quarter. But we make it seem like Kevin Durant is money every single shot that he takes. And Giannis never makes any fourth quarter shots because his shot looks a little wonky. This game is a perfect example of why that mantra is so outdated and stupid because games like this happen and, oh, your your mantra of, oh, Kevin Durant can hit and take every, any shot that he wants, no, that's not necessarily true just because his mid-range jumper looks good. Only being in overtime because Giannis said, give me the ball and get out the way. I don't I don't care that I'm a 30% three-point shooter. I'm going to shoot the three and I'm going to make it. That is what the best player in the league does. So Kevin Durant misses, and we go to overtime. People that like Kevin Durant as the best player in the world, that's what they like about him. And Giannis is doing that. So we find ourselves with Brooklyn down by two points with nine seconds left in the game. Kevin Durant shoots a three, gets fouled, goes to the line. And to Kevin Durant's credit, he hits all three free throws. Again, not saying Kevin Durant isn't a clutch player by any means. 
Durant hits both free throws, all three free throws. But again, the moment that the ball is inbounded, the player who has been given the mantra of not been able to hit free throws, not been able to create a shot late in the fourth, not been able to attack the rim because he's afraid to shoot free throws. And also mantras that LeBron James was given in his career that he was proving wrong and wrong and wrong over and over and over again. It's the same thing we're falling into. Giannis gets the ball immediately, calls for it, and says, I want the last shot again, which again is what KD fans would want out of the best player in the world. And what does he do? And this is the moment where we go, oh, here we go. At the free throw line, not tied, not not no pressure. No, they're down by one. Giannis goes to the line and hits both free throws. And then with three seconds left in the clock, Kevin Durant again gets a really good shot. And this is what Kevin Durant stands stand for. Because again, I'm going to use LeBron James as an example here. LeBron doesn't like to shoot the ball at the end of the fourth. He always makes the right play. What an idiot. Well, here we go, Kevin. There is a Goran Dragic literally wide spanking open. Now, I know that there's two seconds left on the clock, and I'm not going to kill him that much for this play because, look, He's Kevin Durant, and he can shoot the ball anywhere on the court. He has all the confidence in the world, right? And that's the exact same reasoning that that we put Kevin Durant on this pedestal. He goes for the win from three, in and out, game over, and the Bucks win. My thing with Kevin Durant is I'm starting to get really sick and tired of ifs and ands and buts and could'ves and couldn't, couldn't haves. Dude, at some point I need production, man. And I know you're going to say, Town, uh, he averages like 36 and 6 a game. I mean, he's putting up good production. I'm not saying he's not amazing. And trust me, when I watch Nets basketball, I love watching Kyrie and KD just get to work. They're one of the best watches in the league. And anytime the Nets are on, I want to watch because I'm a basketball fan. I like watching good basketball. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are good basketball. I'm not, am I going to sit here and say that their game isn't the most appealing thing to watch? No, it is. But when we're ranking who is better, I don't care about your beautiful basketball. We fall into this trap of offensive beauty by the Nets that they rely on it so heavily, especially Kevin Durant, that we get into the scenario where the right play here is to make this pass. And again, if Giannis Antetokounmpo were to take and miss this exact same shot, there would be headlines. If the headline was... Kevin Durant hits game-tying three and two free throws to win the game in overtime, and Giannis missed the game to win the game in OT and win the game in regulation. Can you imagine the narrative that Giannis would be given? Solely based on the look of his offensive game. Giannis did nothing last night besides hit a wildly clutch gene three, hit clutch free throws, wanted the ball, and said, give me the ball and get out the way. Those are what Jordan stands. Those are what Durant stands like. So not only is Giannis dominating at literally every other part of the game, but his game is now evolving to where he can do things not at Kevin Durant's level, but it is damn close, and some nights he's better than. Last night he was better than Kevin Durant. That's no. That's not. That's not a hot take. Giannis was better in every aspect of basketball than Kevin Durant was. In the last five games they've played against each other, Giannis is 5-0. and 
as pretty as this game might be, I'm tired of saying what could happen with Kevin Durant. Oh, well, he was injured. Oh, well, his teammate was injured. Oh, well, well, this three. Oh, his toe was on the line. Oh, okay. Well, well, hey, in this game, some things didn't go his way. I'm tired of saying that with Kevin Durant. And this is exactly why, Kevin, you get this hate that you do. Because we understand that you are one of the best players in the NBA, in NBA history, honestly. You are a top 15 player of all time, probably top 12, honestly. You have the ability to do this. And so when Kevin Durant gets all mad that, oh, nobody likes me because I went to Golden State, nobody likes you because you went to Golden State because they understood that if you won a title with OKC, it would have been much different than when you win a title with, with Golden State. Am I going to sit here and say that him winning two titles with Golden State didn't enhance his legacy? No. I think if how Kevin Durant's career has played out would have a thousand times been better than if he stayed on OKC for 10 years and they never won a title and Kevin Durant was titleless. Would, like, would that have been better? No, it wouldn't have. I'm not crazy. I know that titles and finals MVPs and winning against LeBron James, I personally think the greatest player of all time, if not top three at least... That enhances your legacy, for sure. But again, context matters, man. And when you join the greatest team of all time, this is when that comes into play, Kevin. When you are compared to other players, other players who have brought their inferior talent, considering the talent that you had in Golden State, it is not even in the same galaxy of what Giannis had last year in Milwaukee. This is when those kind of decisions come into play. And if you're confident in your decision to go to Golden State and do all these things, that's great. But the same way it was your decision to go to Golden State, it was also your decision to go to Brooklyn and play with inferior talent and show me that I haven't seen any winning besides Golden State. I haven't. And now we're in a scenario where we're three years into Brooklyn, and the first year was lost because of injury. The second year was lost because of injuries with his teammates, and, oh, Harden was fat, and he hated him, and all this. And then this year, Kyrie's out because of a vaccine mandate. All of those were your decision to go to Brooklyn. It was your decision to go to Golden State. So just like Golden State is going to work against you legacy-wise because you played with the best talent of all time, you also decided to play with Kyrie Irving. So I don't want to hear about this inferior talent bullcrap when he played with the greatest team of all time two, four seasons ago. Do you know why Kevin Durant missed that shot late in the fourth quarter? Because that's interesting, because Kevin Durant was hitting threes in LeBron's face in the finals. Why was that? There is a reason, Kevin, that you aren't as open as you are in Golden State. Because you're not playing with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to open up the court. And so when things like this do happen, and you have to fight and claw your way to a fourth quarter comeback or a fourth quarter shot, um, it's because you're not playing with the greatest team of all time. And so when people like me were saying, hey, I don't value 35 points in the finals MVP against LeBron James as much as I should be right now, and people are looking at people like me crazy-eyed, it's because we can now see on Brooklyn, it's not the same thing. It's a little bit harder, isn't it? It's a little bit harder to win. Giannis is showing you that it's not for him. Giannis Antetokounmpo is not only... Beating Kevin Durant at his own game right now, he's beating everybody else at his. 
Giannis Antetokounmpo not only just won the title with the finals MVP, he's also a two-time back-to-back MVP. He's a defensive player of the year and a defense player of the year candidate this year and MVP candidate this year again. He's showing you that he has the clutch gene. And this is something that I love talking about in basketball is what does the clutch gene actually mean? Now that we've now that I've played the game, I've played the game of last two minutes, take the shot and make the shot. I, I don't think that's the clutch gene. I think the clutch gene is showing up in big-time games and big-time moments, whatever that means contextually. Let's look at Giannis's last couple games against the top contenders in the Eastern Conference. Against Brooklyn, 44-14-6. Philly the game before, 40-14-6-3 blocks. Against Chicago on the game before, 25-17 in under 30 minutes played with a plus-minus of 28. Against Chicago again, he had 34, 16, and 5. Miami, 28, 17. And then Brooklyn, at the beginning of the month, 29, 14, and 6. So if being clutch in a random regular season game in the last two minutes hitting a clutch three and hitting clutch free throws doesn't matter, then you must mean playoffs. You must mean like a potential game seven scenario where we go into overtime. Maybe you're meaning that. Well, Kevin Durant doesn't have that either because he went 0-6. 0-6 in the overtime last year in Game 7, playing Giannis in home court. If Kevin Durant doesn't get some flack for going 0-6 in a Game 7 at home against Giannis Antetokounmpo, then he's never going to get criticism. This is my irritation with this entire argument of who is the best player in the world. Is if Giannis on the season averaging 30-12-6, about to win his third MVP of his career on 55% shooting, on 32.5% PER percentage, on not only just throwing nerd stats at you, but also has the clutch gene and also wants the ball and also has stayed with the Bucks his entire career. And I know that shouldn't necessarily matter in a in a... Um, I know that necessarily shouldn't matter in a who's the best player argument, but when you put all of it together, I don't see a world where Kevin Durant has any proof of being the best player. Kevin Durant has been in the biggest moments over the past three years, and he has not shown me anything to say that he's better than Giannis. And if you're going to say that Kevin Durant has been injured for a better part of the last three years, that is true. Um, and again, I would argue that that is just adding to Giannis's point. Anybody will tell you the best ability is availability. Do we think that LeBron James is the best player in the world right now? No, we don't. I don't think anybody thinks that right now. I would argue a lot of that has to do with his physical health. LeBron isn't available all the time anymore. He's not a guarantee. He is 37 and his body is deteriorating. Why can't I use the same logic with Kevin Durant? Giannis is there every single game. Giannis not only is giving better production than Kevin Durant, he's winning more than Kevin Durant, and he's there more than Kevin Durant. I understand the argument of Kevin Durant, and he's a beautiful basketball player to watch, and he's a top 15 all-time NBA player. But at the end of the day, at some point, I'm going to have to stop looking at who has a prettier jump shot and look at the production over the past three years of basketball and understand that nobody's close to Giannis right now.